It's Thursday, August the 27th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, vigilante violence in Wisconsin and EU trade chief's resignation. First, the world in brief. A 17-year-old from Illinois, Kyle Rittenhouse, was arrested on a murder warrant after two people were shot and killed during a third night of strife in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Police officers used rubber bullets and tear gas against crowds defying a citywide curfew. Mr. Rittenhouse and other vigilantes brandished assault rifles. The unrest was prompted by the police shooting of Jacob Blake, an unarmed black man, on Sunday. Phil Hogan, the European Union's trade chief, resigned over his attendance at a golf dinner in his native Ireland that violated the country's coronavirus restrictions. His departure means Ireland will have to nominate a new commissioner. It is unclear whether it will retain the trade portfolio, something for Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the European Commission, to decide. Brenton Tarrant, the Australian who massacred 51 people in two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand last year, was sentenced to life imprisonment without parole. It is the strictest sentence handed down in the country since it abolished the death penalty for murder in 1961. Dying in prison will not exhaust the requirements of punishment, said the sentencing judge. It was revealed that Trump administration officials urged America's Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to advise that people without symptoms should not take a COVID-19 test, even if they have been exposed to the virus. President Donald Trump has worried that mass testing leads to higher case counts, making America look bad. An administration official said the guidance change was not political. Petrochemical facilities along America's Gulf Coast were closed before the arrival of Hurricane Laura, which is expected to strike near the Texas-Louisiana border by the time Americans wake. The National Hurricane Center is anticipating a formidable hurricane and warned of an unsurvivable storm surge along the shore. The center is expected to pass between the country's most important oil refinery hubs. Germany's governing coalition agreed to extend wage subsidies until the end of next year and financial aid for small and medium-sized businesses to the end of this year. The schemes were introduced to cushion the economic blow of the COVID-19 pandemic. Prolonging them could cost an extra 10 billion euros, 11.8 billion dollars, according to Olaf Scholz, Germany's finance minister. And American orders of durable goods, including electrical appliances, planes and cars, recovered to pre-pandemic levels in July, according to Census Bureau statistics. Orders rose by 11.2% compared with a month earlier to $230.7 billion, their highest level since February. Transport orders contributed most to the revival, up by 35.6% over June. And now, here's today's agenda. Kenosha erupts, anger after another police shooting. Relatives of Jacob Blake, an unarmed black man shot seven times at close range by police in Kenosha, Wisconsin, say he may be partially paralyzed for life. 
After a third night of protests and clashes in the city, during which two people were shot dead, apparently by an armed vigilante, and another seriously injured, relatives and officials are calling for calm in the coming days. Emergency curfews have been imposed, and largely ignored, and more members of the National Guard have been deployed. Marches and protests have spread to other cities. Professional athletes, starting with Milwaukee's basketball team, have walked off in solidarity, forcing the postponement of tournaments. Federal investigations of the shooting may yet be ordered to supplement local ones. It follows previous shootings and assaults by police against African Americans this year, notably the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Activists and protesters say widespread reform or defunding of the police is long overdue. Eyes on the Fed, a virtual Jackson Hole meeting. The annual economics jamboree hosted by the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City will lack its typical grandeur, having been moved from its usual venue in the mountains near Jackson Hole to a virtual meeting room. Still, it may feature some drama. Proceedings open this morning with a speech by Jerome Powell, the Fed chairman. Investors will listen eagerly for guidance about the future path of policy and especially news of interest rates. But the chairman will also discuss an ongoing strategic review begun in 2018 of the Fed's policy framework. During the long, slow recovery from the global financial crisis, critics questioned whether the central bank's 2% inflation target was still fit for purpose. A radical overhaul would send shockwaves through the economic community, but changes announced today are likely to be modest, specifying that inflation should be 2% on average rather than at most, for instance. Central bankers are nothing if not cautious. Have money, will travel, the Taliban and sanctions. For men often seen as unworldly zealots, Taliban leaders get remarkably upset about being on sanctions lists. But then some have done very nicely out of drug smuggling and corruption. Others have amassed surprisingly big property portfolios. So being unable to transact abroad or travel cramps their style. Their envoys duly ensured that sanctions review was mentioned in the troop withdrawal deal signed on February 29th with America. The White House said it would consider this by today, as long as the militants had sat down for peace talks with the Afghan government in Kabul. Those talks, however, have dawdled for months and there has been no public announcement as yet on sanctions. Still, America has been quick to accede to other Taliban demands. Troops have pulled out and bases closed. Analysts believe that when talks do finally begin, the Taliban's financial isolation will probably end, marking another step on their entry into the international fold. Trouble at sea, the race returns. The Oruch race is expected to return to port today. The drilling ship, which Turkey sent into the disputed waters of the eastern Mediterranean earlier this month, has set off a confrontation with Greece and other EU countries. Turkey used the mission to assert control over what it claims as its own economic zone, challenge a maritime agreement between Greece and Egypt, and stake a claim to the rumoured energy riches under the seabed. Greece responded on Wednesday with its own show of force, launching military exercises with France, Cyprus and Italy in waters surrounding Cyprus and Crete. Turkey's president Recep Tayyip Erdogan might refrain from further sabre-rattling in the Mediterranean for now. 
His attention has momentarily shifted to the Black Sea, where he recently announced a huge discovery of 320 billion cubic meters of gas. But tensions with Greece will not go away on their own. The two countries will have to start talking. Athleisure arrives. Gap adapts to working at home. Gap, which reports second quarter earnings today, was already reeling before COVID-19 struck. Between 2014 and 2019, shares in the one-time favourite among American clothes shoppers shared over half of their value. Then, pandemic-induced retail store shutdowns drove Gap to a loss of nearly $1 billion in the quarter from February to May. This month, it closed some of those shops, including its flagship in San Francisco. Still, there is hope. Stock watchers remain optimistic about Old Navy, Gap's discount clothing subsidiary, which has long outperformed its parent company. They have also grown more interested in Athleta, Gap's athleisure brand, thanks to the pandemic-induced work-from-home boom that has driven white-collar workers to opt for comfortable clothing over suits and ties. Hopes that a recent partnership to sell Kanye West-branded apparel will help to make Gap trendy remain uncertain. But all this has driven its share price to three times its April low. Finally, here's the quote of the day from W.E.B. Du Bois, who died on this day in 1963. There is but one coward on earth, and that is the coward that dare not know. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.